This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, a mere couple of weeks until Christmas, and just three weeks before we get to put this epic year into our rearview mirrors and look ahead to what 2021 has in store for us. Today, though, we take on a paradox, or an oxymoron, if you will, as we discuss a franchise brand that instills faith, trust, and principles in the automotive service and repair business, a market segment not usually associated with attributes such as those. Think about it. Auto service and repair is a necessity in every community and socioeconomic sector. And in today's COVID world, national trends tell us that this industry is currently in even greater greater demand than ever any time before. According to IHS Automotive, there are more than 250 million cars on the road in America, and that today, owners are keeping their cars longer and driving them further than any generation of drivers has ever done before, suggesting that this could be a really good time to own an auto repair franchise. On balance, though, most drivers and their families also tell us that they dread bringing their cars in for service. They hate waiting around in unkempt waiting rooms or dealing with high-pressure upsells or wondering whether or not they've been overcharged or ripped off. We all know these stories. We've all lived them. But now, enter Christian Brothers, where for more than three decades, they've been changing the way customers experience automotive aftermarket services. When customers come to a Christian Brothers automotive center, they are invited to wait in a clean, hotel-inspired lobby-type area. They have access to free Wi-Fi. They're offered complimentary hot and cold beverages. They've got access to a complimentary shuttle service. They're offered a comprehensive courtesy inspection. They can count on transparent discussions about their car by honest, principle-centered professionals. They are treated with respect by a friendly staff. This approach, which they call their nice difference, has proven to be uber successful over time. Franchising since 1996, Christian Brothers now has some 230 franchised auto repair locations nationwide. And get this, they have never closed a single location. Conversely, they continue to build upon one of the best reputations in the auto service industry, both at the consumer and franchisee level. Check it out. J.D. Powers, number one in customer satisfaction. Entrepreneur Magazine, a top 200 franchise concept for 10 consumers consecutive years. Forbes, number two in America's best buys for those buying franchises. And even the USAA rates Christian Brothers as one of the top franchise opportunities for veterans. So, what's the secret sauce here? What drives this business model's meteoric success as they continue to thrive even through a pandemic? Brad Fink, Vice President of Leadership and Development at Christian Brothers, joins me in two minutes or less to lay it all out for us here on Franchise Today. Franchise Today. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. 
In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zorforum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. A member of the Christian Brothers Automotive family since 2007, Brad Fink joined the organization as a general manager for one of their franchisees before eventually taking over the shop as the franchisee himself. During his time as a franchisee, Brad developed and honed the skills necessary to train other franchisees and their team members in areas of business development, customer service, team leadership, and more. Following 10 years of working directly with Christian Brothers customers, Brad actually joined the home office team himself as a director of service development in January of 2018. Following success in that role, Brad was promoted to vice president of leadership and franchise development in 2019. In this role, he continues to serve the training department while also leading the Christian Brothers recruitment team in developing markets nationwide. Brad Fink, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks so much, Dan. Good to talk to you today. It's kind of funny how time gets away from us. You and I were first introduced, I guess, back whenever it was that Josh Wall was departing Christian Brothers for Urban Air and wanted me to meet you in the context of my relationship with him with FRM Solutions. And so I know you and I had a chance to do a kind of a drive-by, if you will, no pun intended, in getting to know one another, but time got away from us and here we are now getting together again via the podcast. So I'm really pleased to have the opportunity for this conversation. Yeah, Stan, thank you so much. And you're right. Time does fly. That was summer of 2019 that Josh left Christian Brothers to move to Urban Air and you and I got a chance to meet. And so year and a half. I want to learn a lot about you and about what you're doing and the unique things that are certainly different at Christian Brothers than they are in many other places that do business under the umbrella of franchising. But I always like to start the same way, and that's to learn how franchising found you. Tell us how that happened for you. Stan, you know me well. You're exactly right. Uh, you've got my background placed. I certainly did not go look uh, for franchising. As a matter of fact, I, I grew up in a small town in Arkansas, and I was probably in college before I had ever even heard the word franchise. And as I worked a couple different jobs through college, I, I'm met some people uh, that, that little did I know then would be, ultimately would be some of my best friends for the rest of my life. And so my career with Christian Brothers started in 2007, just as an entry-level employee at one of our locations in the Houston area. Uh, and fast forward, since then, I ultimately became a general manager of that location, eventually became the franchisee of that location. My wife and I opened up a second store until we were multi-unit franchisees for a while. And then in 2018, we sold the interest that we had in our businesses, and I transitioned over to our corporate office, our home office, which is here in Houston, where I currently serve in two different departments. One would be franchise development. The other is I serve and lead the teams that execute all of our brand-wide training. 
that we do for our franchisees, service personnel, and our technicians as well. All right. So you just covered a tremendous amount of real estate in terms of timelines in a couple of short sentences. So I'm going to take us back again and ask you, out of college, you had a couple of years before your Christian Brothers career showed up on radar. What was going on then? Yeah, great question, Stan. So my background prior to Christian Brothers, I was in camping ministry. And so if you envision going to camp as a kid, whether it be with the church or just with kids in the neighborhood that you know, that's what I did. That's where I met my wife for about two or three years. That was our life. We were in between Texas and Colorado. And ultimately, an opportunity with Christian Brothers came up while we were living in Colorado that through some prayer, we we felt like this was where the Lord was leading us. And so we came back to Houston. Not many people can say that, Stan. Not many people leave Colorado for Houston, but we did. And so the road was pretty, pretty untrafficked, I would say. But came back to Houston and started with Christian Brothers and Stan, I thought it was just a job. I really did. I thought this was something that was going to bridge whatever was going to be next. And it, as you know, has turned into a career. And and now I'm I'm part of a family that, Lord willing, I will be part of for many more years to come. So as I looked at your profile on LinkedIn, it looks to me like your initial position was as, I guess, a service writer or doing something for a franchisee. And then you took the leap from that to owning that franchise. We've got to unpack that a little further so that the audience understands what that looks like. In a nutshell version, I was entry-level employee. I was a service writer. I had zero automatic background. That franchisee was a friend of mine who I had met. We previously had worked together at a camp, as a matter of fact. And so we knew each other pretty well. And he gave me an opportunity. And my job, Stan, was to learn as much as I could about automotive repair uh, so I could speak intelligently to our guests. But primarily, my first job was to serve our guests well and make sure that their experience was phenomenal every single time that they came in. And so I did that very willingly, loved the opportunity, grew to love automotive, never knew anything about it, as I had mentioned. And a few months after I started, he left to go, felt like the Lord was calling him to do something different. And so he left to pursue a different opportunity. I was then asked to step in to be the general manager. And so I functioned like the franchisee, except I did not own the business. And after a few years of meeting some performance qualifications and building my relationship with the franchisor and our leadership team, I was given the opportunity to buy that location. And so I I ran it as a general manager for about five or six years before I had the opportunity to buy it. What an incredible story. And that's not one you hear every day. Literally, it is a young man coming out of college for you to begin a career that in today's world, we don't see many young people getting into a a career that starts and takes them on a 13 or 14 year trajectory anymore that leads to ownership. So that's a phenomenal story. We could come back and do an hour on that all by itself, Brad. That truly, Stan, is where my passion lies, and I'm not the only one within Christian Brothers. We actually, a few years ago, which Josh Wall was very integral in starting this, and I now get a chance to serve and lead the program, but we have a what we call a Future Franchise Leadership Academy where we take team members in our brand that otherwise, just like myself, could not afford to buy a franchise but possess the skills and the desire to do so. And they're allowed to apply, and it, it's a pretty rigorous process, but they go through an application and interview process to be a part of this program, and it's a two-year program. And upon completion, if they have met all of the standards that we're looking for, 
for. We look to place them into an opportunity where they can become a general manager and eventual franchisee, and we've had a lot of success with it. And that truly, Stan, is one of the things I'm most passionate about in our brand is giving opportunities to people the same way that I got an opportunity. So this is what we call then the leadership portion of your title, then VP of Leadership and Franchise Development. Is that what that entails? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Yes, sir. Well, I think this reminds me some of companies that I can think of like Chick-fil-A or companies like Two Men in a Truck, where they have phenomenal culture. And with culture at the center of the plate, it becomes much easier to do leadership development and bring people in that you can never worry about retention with because they're vested. They've got an interest in their stakeholders almost from day one, aren't they? They are. And and I think you, you've hit obviously an incredibly important word there, Stan, is culture. And the way we see culture is it's something that resides not just in your head, not just in your heart, but down in your gut as well. And when you are committed and bought into the vision and how we're going to go about executing the vision, which is our culture, then you're right. When we've got team members that are that committed, retention is not something that we worry about, think about very often at all. It's more so growth and strategy and how are we going to go knowing that we've got a number of team members that are ready to jump on and do whatever is needed wherever we want to go with our brand. Well, I think we've set the table for perhaps the portion of our conversation that we ought to spend a few minutes on, which is the story of Mark Carr and how Christian Brothers came to be, because this is a company that didn't stumble into culture. It was born out of culture, wasn't it? It was, yes, sir. So why don't you share that story and tell us how that started and the history of Christian Brothers, and we can walk up from there to some of the things going on in the world today. Absolutely. So if you've ever seen the scene out of the movie or the commercial where someone takes the dart and they throw it at a map and you immediately know kind of what's going on. They're figuring out where am I headed next? Hmm. That was Mark back in the late 70s, early 80s. He lived in upstate New York and knew that opportunity abounded in places other than where he lived. And so kind of had that proverbial moment where darted a map, not literally, but figuratively, and ended up in Houston and began his career working a number of different jobs and, you know, always trying to find that break, that career, that opportunity that was really going to say, this is why I came. I put my stake in the ground. This is why I came to Houston. And he never found it for the first few years. And one day he literally just hit his knee and he said, Lord, I know you made me for more than this. Show me what you made me for. And therein lies the beginning of the story. And so he and his wife were involved uh, with their Sunday school at church and had good friends. And one of the things that he would routinely hear from guys that were in the Sunday school class that were also in the automotive repair industry was about how tough it was and how it lacked morality, it lacked honesty, it lacked integrity. And so he and three friends that were brothers in Christ started Christian Brothers Automotive. That was 1982. And the intent was to be an entrepreneur and a small business owner. And then In 1996, we opened our first franchise and have been moving forward ever since. Today, we have 229 locations in 30 states that are open. And by the end of this year, we will be at 231 or two, depending upon weather at one site. And I'm hopeful that I don't stub my toe here, but if I'm not mistaken, you are one of the few franchise concepts that I could probably count on one hand that have a zero failure rate, or at least that was the case when last I knew about it. Still true? Still true. 
Yes, sir. Every single location that we've opened is still operating. Yes, sir. That is totally amazing. How many of those 229 are represented by multiple unit owners versus single unit owners? Yeah, great, great question. And so we've got about 60 of those locations that are run by multi-unit owners. And the vast majority of our brand is single unit. One of the things, and I don't think this is incredibly unique in franchising, but it's a little bit different, is for us, the way we look at multi-unit opportunity It's never about the candidate's resume. It's never about the candidate's personal financial statement or their capital or anything like that. We we always sell one franchise. And as they prove and they qualify for the opportunity to open a second, if they elect to do so, then we work with them through that process. And so all of our multi-unit owners have qualified to have that that multi-unit opportunity. It's not something that we sell initially. Before we go to our break, I want to just ask if the leadership program, is it part and parcel of what enables you to develop with diverse candidates and members of the military in ways that other companies might struggle with? Because finance is such a big part of the need that sometimes becomes an obstacle or a barrier to entry with other brands. But I don't think that that exists here to the same degree does it? It doesn't. And Stan, I'll tell you the, the the two most important words for us when we think about the, the lifeblood and the sustainability of, of our locations and our brand are people and processes. We feel like we've got a pretty good handle on our processes. They're ever evolving, ever improving. But people is what make or break any brand, not just Christian Brothers. And for us, Dan, you just hit the nail right on the head. We have a lot of people that apply to be team members of our brand at locations or apply to become a franchisee that from a process standpoint might not always check every single box in the order that it should, but we can see that this is somebody that we need to have in our brand. And that's where what makes my role so fun is we have a little bit of liberty to say when we say this person is somebody that we need, even though they don't look like a typical franchisee, we will find a way to give them an opportunity and for allow them to chase their dreams. We're talking with Brad Fink, VP of Leadership and Franchise Development for Christian Brothers Automotive. This conversation doesn't sound like we're talking about an automotive aftermarket service type business in terms of our usual perceptions of what those look like. But I have to confess that from the first time I ever stepped foot into a Christian Brothers Automotive service shop, I coined it the Ritz-Carlton of car care. And I don't know if anybody's ever used that phrase within your organization, but from me in a single sentence, Brad, that really does explain how your company and your people made me feel. That's that's incredibly humbling, Stan. That's that's our goal every single day. And so the fact that you experienced that is, is very humbling and very validating. I appreciate you sharing that. Tell you what let's do. Let's pay some bills with a quick revenue break. And then we're going to come back with Brad Fink and talk more about Christian Brothers in the COVID, post-COVID world, how this pandemic that we're all experiencing has caused pivots in the automotive business and the impact that it's had on their development as well as their day-to-day operations. Brad Fink is my guest today, VP of Development at Christian Brothers Automotive. We'll be right back. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. This portion of Franchise Today is brought to you by Zoracle. Providers of spot-on profiles, the gold standard of assessment tools that assure you're selecting the right franchisees every time. Unlike DISC or others that simply gauge personality or communication styles, Zoracle's spot-on assessments are all franchise-specific 
and based upon seven sciences that nail the results each and every time. Your prospects simply answer a few questions online and like magic, Zoracle's algorithms scientifically slice, dice, and analyze their thresholds for risk, their business acumen, and even their propensity for single or multi-unit ownership. Zoracle's spot-on analysis is like having a crystal ball. But there's no hoodoo here. It's all based upon science that flawlessly determines franchisee, franchisor compatibility, and accurately predicts performance. Why don't you schedule a demo today and take a complimentary look and see for yourself. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Zoracle, spot on assessments based on science, but delivering results that seem simply magical. Check them out at www.zoracleprofiles.com. As the conversation continues with Brad Fink, VP of Leadership and Franchise Development for Christian Brothers Automotive. Brad, this has been a different kind of year for any and everyone in franchising or just period in life. I mean, come on. The year that should be described by its name, 2020, perfect vision, clarity. Don't think we got any of that in the mix when 2020 hit us in Q1 with COVID, but it has caused pivots in everyone's life. And what I'd love to do is talk first about what an ordinary development program looked like prior to the entry of COVID and how you guys have pivoted and what it's meant both you corporately as well as to your franchisees. Yes, and you're exactly right. This is not what I expected when I stepped out January 2nd, 2020. It's not the year we were looking towards, but uh, I, I tell you, before I answer your question, one of the things that I, I have to confess is where we stand today in December of 2020, knowing that we're certainly not out of the woods. As we look back on this year, the, the word for us, at Christian Brothers this year is gratitude. And we are incredibly thankful for the opportunity that we've had to continue to serve our communities and serve our team members through this pandemic, serve our guests. And so let me answer your question. Normal franchise development stand is no different at Christian Brothers probably than the vast majority of of, uh, those that are growing in the franchising space. We have candidates that have an interest in Christian Brothers for whatever reason. We take them through a discovery process. Uh, We have an eight-step discovery process that we take them through that culminates a little bit with that discovery day experience where we have them come to Houston. It's a two-day experience. They meet our leadership team. We take them to dinner. They visit a local store. We have them meet with local franchisees here in Houston. It is a full two days that they spend with us. And then usually within about three or four days of that experience, we let them know if we want to move forward with them and them us. They let us know as well. In 2020, we started doing all of this as best we could over Zoom. And this is one of those things. Had I invested in Zoom in January, Stan, we'd have a different outlook on what 2021 would look like. But uh, but yeah, we, we've been doing everything virtually since March of this year and having to find incredibly creative ways to really share our culture, who we are, what they can expect from the relationships that they'll have with other franchisees and us as the franchisor over a computer screen. And I think we've done pretty well. We've had another successful year, but I tell you, I think I speak for everybody. I'm ready to get back to high fives, hugs, and handshakes. No doubt. You're not alone. Trust me on that one. I talk to enough people weekly in our world to know that there are some of us doing better with it than others, but 
there's none of us that can't wait to get face to face again. Right. So have you then been able to bring people from the front to the back end of the funnel without actually having met them? We have. We have. So one of the things we, we, we've looked at every step of our process, Stan, and where we took liberty in the past because we knew no, we, we didn't know any different uh, or anything otherwise. We'd looked at every single step in our process and found ways to personalize it where we can bring emotion into it. And so now instead of historically phone call until we get to discovery day often was the first face to face. Now we're doing video interviews. We're doing video phone calls with our candidates and we're bringing in more people than just those on our franchise development team, our managers and recruiters, our candidates before they ever show up virtually to Discovery Day. They have multiple opportunities to meet other franchisees on video phone calls, our leadership team members on video phone calls uh, as well. And so we have really kind of gone all hands on deck and, and we're so grateful. I'm so personally grateful to have the franchisees that we do that in the midst of running their business also on a weekly, if not bi-weekly basis, commit to helping our brand grow in efforts just like this as well. And so we've personalized every single step of the process and the reviews that we've had from the candidates that we've awarded this year match past two or three years. And so we, we, we know it's working. And again, we're grateful that we've got creative people on our team to be able to find ways to exhibit our culture and exude our culture over the phone and over the video. What percentage, Brad, of those that you bring in on an annual basis are coming from the outside versus those that may be already known to you coming through your leadership program? The vast majority of them are what we would deem to be organic or someone that does not currently have an affiliation with Christian Brothers. And so that's anywhere I would say probably stand between about 90 and 95 percent of the franchisees that we've awarded this year are brand new to Christian Brothers. We've had three locations this year where we have taken someone from our leadership program that has completed that and are now functioning in either as a franchisee or as a franchise operator. And the, the difference for us between those purely just comes down to business ownership. But we've had three individuals out of our program, our leadership program this year, step into those roles. And I'm, I'm so happy and humbled to report that all three of them are doing incredibly well. As a matter of fact, one of them, Stan, broke a company record for first month performance from a revenue standpoint. And we've been franchising since 1996. And this young man moved from Texas to Colorado and broke a record this first month of operation. And uh, it, it's just, it's fun to see things like that happen. He must be the buyback for the guy that moved from Colorado to Texas a few years back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's, the, that's the, the, the fair play, the turnabout fair play. Yes, sir. So how many units a year do you open and how many do you license in a year on average? And is this year in keeping with those numbers? It is. It is. Yes, sir. So on average, we will open anywhere between about 18 and 20 locations and we control every part of the process. And so for us, when we award a candidate and offer a franchise license, if we don't already have a spec site in our development process or in our development timeline, we are going and we are searching for real estate. We're handling all of the contract negotiations, all of the permitting, all of the construction. And then our franchisees get to come in. They stay gainfully employed in the industries that they're in until it's the right time for them to exit and step into their business. And so for us this year, we're going to open 19 locations. And depending upon how the year ends, 
we will award, I think it's going to probably be about 33 or 34 opportunities this year. And so we always in franchise development, we want to at least double what we're doing in new opening development. And so we've got big goals in 2021. For the benefit of those in the audience that are taking notes and trying to learn the to-dos and the not-to-dos from those like you who've been there already and done it, I'm going to ask a couple of questions just on the development side about your best practices in terms of some things that are development-oriented. The first of those would be brokerage. What's your position on dealing with brokers? We we never have, and, and that's not because we don't want to or... Uh, that we feel like we don't need to. It's just a choice that we have never made in the past. We're, we're looking for a unique enough individual as a franchise candidate that often it's hard to describe to a broker exactly what we're looking for because there's a lot of gut involved to it. And so the last thing we would want to do is enter into a relationship with a broker and then subsequently frustrate them because we're not approving the candidates that they're bringing to us. And for that reason, we haven't used brokers in the past. Okay. Next question deals with validation and franchise business review. I believe that's who you, you guys use to help publicize your validations. Am I correct? That is. Yes, sir. And how big a role does that play in your life? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Matter of fact, when it comes to specifically on the validation side, for us, every single week, 52 times a year, say for holiday week, we have, we host a validation call for all of the candidates that are in our pipeline. And on those calls, we have executive leadership, team members from our home office, existing franchisees, spending time validating the brand. That's a, a huge part of what we want to do with anybody that's investigating Christian Brothers Automotive. We can talk all day about how great we think the opportunity is, but we want them to hear from existing franchisees and other team members outside of franchise development as well, so they get additional perspective and can formulate a bigger and broader opinion and envision what would it look like for me if I was a Christian Brothers Automotive franchisee. And we think the more time they spend with actual franchisees, whether it be in person or over the phone or over a video conference, conference, the better. And so validation is huge for what we do and how we grow. And while we've touched in great part on culture, I have to believe that the financial performance side of your business as you publish has a lot to do with that validation as well. So what are your thoughts to emerging franchisors about how best to manage item 19? So that's such a great question, Stan. And one of the things that I learned, and Josh Wall actually taught me this, is item 19 should be the best and most fun part of the conversation that you have with the candidate, specifically when you're talking about the FDD. Now, ideally, the better it looks, the more fun that conversation is going to be. But we have always viewed our item 19 as it's a sales tool. There are things in there that we want the candidate to discover on their own. And there are also parts of our item 19 that we want to make sure when we devote time to our FDD review with our candidate that we call out that we believe our strengths, that we believe our risk mitigators when it comes to getting into business for yourself because of the support that we provide. And so we genuinely love 
those FDD calls that we have with candidates specifically talking around item 19 because for us, we're incredibly proud of what our franchisees have been able to perform subsequently for us to be able to report on an annual basis over the last few years. And I guess I probably should have done this in reverse order because the next question should have been the first one. And that really deals with lead generation and lead processing and vetting the numbers of leads that you deal with to separate the wheat from the chaff early on. Do you use any types of assessment tools to help you through that process? We do, Stan. So this year, we will probably have, just for perspective, when 2020 ends, we'll probably have 2,300 to 2,350 total leads that have come in, and we will award 33, 34 licenses. And so for us, so much of the, the first few steps is our recruiters getting to know our candidates and our candidates getting to know us. And as we move through the process, we've got objective criteria that we look for, that we speak to. We've got subjective criteria that we look for, that we speak to with our candidates. And as they get further into the process, we will introduce EQ tests, disk assessments, and and things like that. But for us, those are a little bit less, is this a good candidate? More of, now that we have this information, what's the best way to teach, coach, train this candidate if we award them? A shameless plug here for one of my sponsors, Oracle spot-on profiles. If you're not familiar with them, we should certainly make that marriage. But of course, that's a conversation for another day. We're at the place now, Brad, where I must ask you, because we are winding down, if there are any things that I missed or should have asked you or that you wished I would have asked you that I didn't. (laughs) Stan, if, if I can be vulnerable with you, this is like the same question that when my wife is walking out the door saying, I'm on my way to the grocery store. What do you want for dinner this week? And I immediately panic thinking, gosh, there's a lot of things I want, but nothing's coming out. Uh, But I'll tell you, you asked some great questions, and I I certainly hope I was able to represent Christian Brothers well and be able to provide something for someone to take away. But if I could, I'd love to share one thing as as we go back and we talk about culture, because that's such a huge part of our brand. It's the thing that I think we hold most dear more so than an item 19 or the number of locations that we open as the culture and what our team members on any aspect experience and feel. And Stan, what I used to tell my teams at the businesses that I had an opportunity to run within the brands, we wanted to be great. And for us, great wasn't something that was compiled on a whiteboard. It wasn't key performance indicators that were either red or green, depending upon if you were meeting the goal or not. For us, great was three things. I always told my team members, I want you to love what you're doing. That's your opportunity every single day. The second is I want you to love who you're doing it with. That's your responsibility every single day. And the third is I want you to love who you're doing it for. That's my responsibility every single day. And that has been a foundation of our culture and how we have grown. And I love being a part of this brand because we wake up, Stan, every single day trying to find new, innovative, creative ways to help our franchisees be successful and to help them serve their communities well and be a light not only in our industry, but in business in general. Well, I can't think of a better way for us to conclude than on that note, beyond just asking for contact info, because I'm quite certain there will be some in this audience that would like to reach out and pick your brain just a little bit further, Brad. Are you willing to share some contact info? Absolutely. Yeah. My email, Stan, is brad.fink, so first name, dot last name, at cbac.com, Charlie Bravo, Alpha Charlie. 
com. That's the easiest way to reach me because unfortunately, Stan, I'm a bit of a workaholic. And so if I'm not in front of my computer, I've got my cell phone on me as well. And it alerts me every time I get new emails. And so that's the easiest way to reach me. And I would love to, to talk with anybody that would have any questions. I've got a lot to learn still as well. well. I can't thank you enough for spending time here today. And I wrote down and put in parentheses the word gratitude. And I share mine with you, especially in this holiday season between Thanksgiving and Christmas, when better to have a conversation that talks about the culture of a brand like Christian Brothers and the word gratitude as the center piece of the culture that you live and breathe each day. So I want to thank you from all of our audience, Brad, and thank Christian Brothers for enabling the kinds of life-changing differences that you guys make in the lives of the families that you serve. Well, Stan, that's humbling. It is truly my daily honor and pleasure. And so I appreciate that. Thank you. And with that, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks again, Brad. Enjoy talking. Thank you. All right. What a great concept. And as is evident in Brad's interview, their systems, processes, and procedures, important as they are, all take a back seat to exemplary leadership dynamics, passion, and culture. And not just from the top down, but bottoms up and horizontally as well throughout their entire franchised organization. Sustainable growth is what you get when you practice sensible franchising. And Christian Brothers is an organization of like-minded people with shared vision, values, and ethics. It's in their DNA. And speaking of things sustainable and sensible, we'll be joined next week by Brian Schnell, franchise practice partner at Fagri Drinker, to share his points of view on 2020, COVID-19, the political landscape, and more. Plus, he'll have information to share about the upcoming Fagri Franchise or Leadership and Best Practices webinar, which will feature three panels showcasing some of franchising's best. It'll be all about lessons learned over the past eight months and making sense of it all in the new year ahead. Brian Schnell, right here next week on Franchise Today. Until then, you know the drill. Please continue to stay safe and keep doing the best that you can. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.